Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Achtung Mool, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. As you well know, Achtung Millwall is in partnership this season with Pundit Games, punditgames.co.uk. A great quiz game, um, ideal Christmas present, birthday present, bar mitzvah, whatever you like. It's a great way to pass a few hours on a sunny Sunday afternoon or any other day of the week for that matter. But firstly, um, I've got to issue an apology for giving you the wrong answer. On our previous show, the question for that uh, edition, pre-match question, was a Sampdoria icon who played alongside Viali, Mancini and later Rud Gullit at Sampdoria. This right-winger played a crucial part in Sampdoria's only ever Serie A title. He also played for Juventus, Crystal Palace and Lazio. Um, I gave the wrong answer in the previous show. I want to apologise to you. I read from the wrong side of the card. So the answer to that question was, of course, Attilio Lombardo, as I was corrected quite rightly um, in the aftermath of the uh, last edition of Akdung Millwall. But just ahead of my conversation this afternoon with Michael Avery, I thought I'd give you another question, this time with the right side of the card being read out at the end of the show by way of an answer. So there's another international one as it's to hand. Um, this is a close friend of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who played alongside him at Ajax, Barcelona, Inter Milan and PSG. This left-back won three consecutive titles of Inter Milan in the 2000s. His career spanned 145 appearances at Paris Saint-Germain, uh, 57 appearances at Barcelona, then on to Empoli, Inter Milan, 79 appearances, Ajax Amsterdam, 114, finishing his career at Cruzeiro in Brazil, native Brazil, played 10 times for the Brazilian national team. A close friend of Zlatan who played alongside him at Ajax, Barcelona, Inter and PSG, a left-back who played for the Brazilian national team. The answer will appear at the end of this edition of Achtung Millwall. Enjoy. Welcome to the international break, the purgatory that is the international weekend. Um, loads and loads of international fixtures that you can't watch because most of them are on a, a channel, an obscure channel called Viaplay. You can only see the England games, that's Channel 4. 
but joining me to try and bring some sense of amusement and entertainment to your long weekend of basically no football is Mr. Michael Avery. How are you doing, Michael? Very well, Nick. And you sound about Channel 4. I'm looking forward to my Hollyoaks and England game double bill. Um, <laughs> a, a, load, a, a load of young people covered in too much makeup pretending that they can act or play football. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Enough about Millwall. Let's talk yeah. about Hollyoaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a strange indictment of modern football, Michael, where you have a Nations League um, supposedly covering the, you know, however many. 30 plus nations of Europe, um, for the most part, you can't see the football because it's on a subscription channel <laughs> that no one has really, I mean, I could be wrong and there might be stacks of Viaplay customers tuned into Acton. I kind of don't get a sense that there are, but it's a strange um, modern football situation where apart from England, which is great, I'm going to see how England do against Ukraine tomorrow. But apart from that, it'd be nice to see, get a sense of the rest of the tournament, but no chance of that, mate, is there with, with the way it's um, currently structured? No, exactly. Unless everyone and their mates got certain VPNs, yeah, you're not able to see it. But it's another one of those. I remember years ago when we was on um, on Love Sport, Nick, and they were talking about it, and England was sort of mm. relatively well in it. And then it was like, well, if they don't, they get relegated to like Division C two. And I'm sort of thinking, this just sounds like the battleships grid, doesn't it? Where you can get relegated to, and it's like, I remember was it England or someone, or one of the bigger nations, got relegated from one league yeah. last season. And B1 through. to B, B2, I don't know how it works. Yeah, it's a yeah. funny and, old... And com- I remember in the interview, it was like the sort of, you know, the Alan Partridge gif where he shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> it was like, what do you think about being relegated? <laughs> uh, and and, it, it, and it's, 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 it's very... I mean, I sound like I'm... I'm uh, please watch it on Channel 4 if, if you get time. But it seems very much like the sort of Capital Cup, what it was called, or the um, Carabao Cup now. I mean, Ronaldo yeah. Ronaldo only run around lofting that above his head when he won it. He didn't really give a toss when uh, he was in the group stage too much. It's more like the, uh, the the Johnston's Paint EFL Trophy, where you've got various under-21 sides playing, you know, somebody else's full squad and no one really cares about it. But anyway, we watch are it, in though. that weekend. Watch it. watch it. Yeah, we've really sold it, haven't we? Um there was there was a post on um, Twitter. I don't know. Forgive me. I can't remember who put. It. I think it was a chap called Terry asking, "Is uh, is this Millwall's most ever international call? Is this the most call ups we've got for the various nations?" Um, I don't know, Terry. I think it must be a contender because we've got seven players. I think away on varying uh, levels of international duty, including, of course, Roman Essay, who was with the England under 19s I think, Mike. I'm, I'm I'm doing this whole show, listeners, completely off the top top of my head. I've done no prep for Michael this morning, so I've been very disrespectful. But I think Roman Essay was away with the England under-19s and I think that was a loss to the German under-19s. He's clearly the star of the show. But Adomo Imaku, also featuring for the Republic of Ireland under-21s, I think. So, you know, various other names, Bradshaw, Nisbet, I saw in the Scottish shirt. We, I can't think of many occasions when we've had as many international level players amongst our squad no exactly the, the, the only time really in <laughs> without being disrespectful to some of the nations was when we was in um, League One I remember a while back when we'd have like Shane Ferguson away and obviously with League One League Two you get special dispensation if um, you get too many call-ups because obviously with the level in theory League One League Two can still go on but one thing I think it was yeah. um, I think it was the goalkeeper Sarkic he, he, his graphic on um on Instagram, every, everyone seemed to have their flag draped around them as a congratulations, you've made a call-up. And he was just sort of stood there with his thumbs up because they couldn't find his nation's flag. 
Um, and I Montenegro. I, I was just thinking to myself, who, who does he play for? And it's it's Mon- Monte. I think it's pronounced Montenegro, or is it Montenegro? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, I like to think I know my flags, listeners. This is a little hidden talent that you might know about me. I do know my flags, but I can't think of what the Montenegrin flag looks like. I'd have to look it up on yeah. Wikipedia. I've, so I've, you would I've struggle. Heard that, um, I heard that the club ordered the flag through fanatics, um, and it didn't. <laughs> They sent the wrong flag. They sent the wrong flag and it didn't turn up in time. <laughs> boom, boom. Very good satire. There's actually an article here about uh, Matias Sarkic. I don't know how you pronounce I think that's how you say his first name. Um, his uh, interview with the South London Press. He's learned his footballing skills from Pepe Rainer at Aston Villa. That's a pretty good mentor to have yeah. um i was gonna it's gonna mention sarkic to you uh michael because um i must admit i was wondering why we'd signed him particularly i, didn't, I wasn't getting a sense in the early fixture we were five games into a fairly mundane start to the season i think i don't think i'm being too harsh to say you know we're, we're very much a middle table side at the moment one two drawn one lost two and i think we're about par for middle table. But anyway, I was, I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I hadn't really seen much of an upgrade from Jules Long, in all honesty. But then he pulled out some saves up there at Brum at the weekend. And I thought, yes, I can see. And obviously the penalty save, which was, you know, poorly struck penalty, but good save. I you go around the circle and which which way round you see that. But I must admit, for the first time, I saw the, the, the value of the 1.2 million in that last performance at Birmingham. Yeah, I have to say as well, I think I think in the nicest way, this is where football's subjective. Ability-wise and what he does, and like when he had that shot against him at the Bristol City game, I, I, I agree with you, Nick. Um, he didn't have a great deal massively to do um, against Stoke because I thought that they had, they had a lot of half chances but were struggling to hit the target. But I just think he sort of seems to command his box better and he seems to have more sort of like spatial awareness better than long, you know. He he may not it may yeah. not be massively down to shot stopping, but I mean he just seems to know where to be. If it, I know that sounds really stupid for professionals footballers, but <laughs> where where yeah. there was times I I always remember you know, there was times when I was up in block one with you, like when I popped over to say hello, you'd watch long and you'd think, why has he come out for that? Or why has he dived across the goal to get that? And not across the goal, but across the goal after. Why is he not, or why is he not intercepted across? And that wasn't yeah. necessarily just his goalkeeping. That was just everything about George Long. This isn't a George Long slag off. It's not, it, it, you know, we wish him well. He's doing well at Norwich. Fair play. It just didn't work at Millwall. Did he try too hard? Did he feel like he was under Bielkowski's cloud a little bit? We don't know. But I just think there seems to be a little bit more confidence from the crowd with, with him in goal compared to Long. Um, and yeah. he doesn't, he seems to be, <laughs> we, we always say at Millwall, don't we, that if you, um, you know, um, you don't get the greatest amount of time, but we seem to be quite patient with him. There's the odd groan if he makes a mistake or the Bristol City game when the, you know, when the goal went in, it was a bit like, well, you know, if you watch it back, he doesn't really seem to move too well for it. But he seems to get a, a bit more patience than George Long had. Yeah, this is a weird thing. And I I, I agree. Um, confidence is a, is, a, is a nebulous thing, listeners. It, it kind of comes and it goes... And sometimes it's uh, the, the, even the, it's as nebulous as the, the affections of the middle crowd because sometimes you can't always account for why some players are loved and forgiven and other players are 
you know, judged quite harshly. I mean, I, I never thought George Long was as bad a goalkeeper as many would make out. What what happened, I think, with Long, Michael, um, in the loneliest position on the football pitch, which is being in goal, um, once your confidence goes or your 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 ability to to trust your own judgment, whatever way you want to call it, once it goes, it, it's a very hard place to get it back again at Millwall, isn't it? It's it's it's, it's um. The crowd can be unforgiving, especially if for some reason they see that you've replaced a club, a much-loved individual in Bar yeah. Bill Coffey. Also made, made some mistakes, but for some reason was loved in a way that Jules Long was never loved. This, this you know, It's Cupid's arrow, isn't it? It's, it lands sometimes and other times it misses. Yeah, and also, I mean, it sounds like this is... <laughs> I don't mean it to be a slagging off um, pod so far. We will be positive soon, dear listener. But there's a little bit as well with Gary Rowett what has been said to a point has been taken literally. And I think with, with, with Millwall, sometimes the fans can sort of like sort of see what's been said or what's been written and then go up to people with newspaper clippings and go, you said this, you said this, and, and he's not doing it. So when you've got Gary Rowett, who's basically coming out and saying, well, Bartosz Bierkowski, who was a two-time player of the season and a, a third-place player of the season in three years, has been replaced by someone who can kick it better because that's the evolution of our game. And then you bring in a goalkeeper yeah. and he can't kick it very well. That's it wasn't the, obviously kicking it any better, no. No, no. exactly. That, that's where the uh, angry man shouting at Cloud comes in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, but again, George Long was brought in to do a job. The job wasn't done. And when you bring in a number one goalkeeper from another club, regardless of where they finish, you know, he was at Hull City, wasn't he? Who finished about fifth or sixth from bottom the season before we signed him. You're asking for trouble if you sign two number ones, in my opinion. You know, you, you can you can have you can have good competition, uh, a very decent number two. But if you ask for, t- for, for um, if you have two number ones in your squad, they don't last very long. One of them always goes. I, I always think if you 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 up this my old man hat on, you think possibly the best partnerships in football um, when it comes to goalkeeping partnerships, in my opinion, over the years were like Shea Given and Steve Harper, and uh, mm. P- Petr Cech and Carlos Cudicini. You knew who the one was. You knew who the two was. The two was good enough to be the one, but he knew his position in the club. When you've got two number ones. And one of them is incredibly popular, and you try to get rid of him for some people will look for the chinks in the armor. But I might just be looking into that too much. No, one of my favorite songs in the 1970s with my Sparks listeners is called This Town, not big enough for the both of us, and that ain't me that's going to leave. And I think that was the Bart Bielkowski, George Long thing in a nutshell, really. But for whatever reason, we've signed Sarkic, and I think for the first time, as I've said, um, saw the best of him at, at Birmingham. In, what was, in all truth, um, a fighting performance, but we're up against it at times. Have you seen the, the start of the season, Michael? I mean, five games in, we're middle for diddle at the moment. Um, I think we've, we're looking very much a middle of the uh, table side at the moment. It's very hard to... Um, I've not found an awful lot of joy in the season so far without it being miserable. I don't know if that's... No, no. And, or not, and, but and I strange start. No, and, and you're right. And I have to say... I'm going to sound like I'm um, I'm going to sound like a right knob here, um, but it's when don't when, you let that stop you? No, I know I haven't let it stop me before. Um, but <laughs> but normally when it, it, I I listen back to the shows that I do for um, like when I've jumped in and helped you out and live streamed, and sometimes you think 
oh my God, like I sound like a right dickhead. You know, like in the Stoke game, the first 15, 20 mm. minutes, I was just saying about how bad Millwall were, how we were letting people through. And then, oh, it's really, really good. And then, you know, oh, and you sort of think, well, I'm, 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 it seems like I'm being influenced by, you know, the sort of what people are saying on Twitter. But then I was thinking back and I'm like, no, it was a bad opening 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't good. You know, we were, we were lucky not to be one, two nil down, you know, apart from a couple of scuff chances. Yeah. And I just think, I just think the way at the moment with Millwall is positionally, I said it to someone at work earlier on, we've probably started better than we have done in most previous seasons. You know, under Kenny Jacket, even seasons we went up or we did okay in the championship, we always were near the bottom of the table at this point. You know, it was always about fifth or sixth from bottom, slow starting, lost a couple we shouldn't have lost. Mm -hmm. But you think, well, you know, this is a pretty respectable start. But no, there's not too much to sing and dance about at the moment. I think I think where Rowick got a bit of stick away, didn't he, at Norwich, I think the results are, are definitely papering over a few cracks. I mean, Jake Cooper signed that contract yeah. recently and everyone was screaming and shouting how brilliant he is. And he has been a good servant, but... I'll, I'll I'll say it now. I'll, I'll put my flag in the in the sand now. He's only as good as the centre half who plays alongside him, in my opinion. Um, he, and um, I can't remember who it was on your last show. I think it was either Matt or um, or, or was it was it John Rankin when they were saying that you know we have to make Leonard captain or we have to make someone else captain. You know, and it wasn't considered the leadership quality. You know, yeah, and, it, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't considered Jake Coop has to be captain. I think that Brian at times. It reminds me of the um, it reminds me of the uh, Mike Bassett film when the when the when the uh, press ask him you know oh what did you think of Tonko uh, he seems to be blown out of his backside after ten minutes he goes oh yeah but what are ten minutes that's what you get with Bri- <laughs> that's that's what you got with Brian you know the other week against um, against Stoke the first hour he was brilliant and then the next minute you know I think my nan could have run past him Mac- Mac- <laughs> McNamara. Has I think a good decision in dropping McNamara because he needs he needs a freshen up he needs a bit of a break, um, but yeah it, it does it does seem a little bit stale at the moment. Nis, Nisbet's Nisbet's a player clearly with talent. He scored goals. Is he getting the service? I agree. Possibly not. Bradshaw. No, no. Bradshaw was your top goal scorer last week. Last week, sorry, last season. He's playing second fiddle. Zian Fleming. I reckon it shows why he was a two million pound player from abroad. Because when things don't go his way, you don't want to be there, so you're not going to invest major money in him. I might be saying it's pretty cool. No, 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 no. I, I think you, you. I think these are truths that are self-evident. To quote the American Constitution, um, this, the, you know, I think every Millwall fan watching the, the, the side this season will probably come down to similar conclusions. Really, I mean, I, the defensively, if we start, we've, we've mentioned Sarkic already, and I think he did show him the. the the reasons why he was signed, and uh, you know that there he is, and I think I'm sure he'll go on to to improve as the season goes along. Defensively, we've our best games this season. We have got the away win at Middlesbrough. Um, the 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 draw in the end at Birmingham was pretty good, certainly in 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 fits and starts. Um, bits and pieces. I mean, the Stoke game, I didn't see the whole. We finished up winning it, but I understand we were clinging on for grim death. By the end of it, so we had bits and we had phases of good play mixed with some lucky, lucky skids here and there, and then some truly appalling performances. I, I still am mentally scarred by what I saw in the League Cup against against the Reading under twenty one side. Um, I, yeah. I, 
you know, I know you mustn't focus too much on one performance, and I get that. But then, the travelling public that went up to 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 Norwich would would want to talk about that because that was a pretty appalling performance up there. The contrast between the good times um, and then these appalling performances is, is, I don't know, unsettles me a little bit. And I keep coming back to this underlying um, sense, Michael, that there's. Uh, there's a bubbling unhappiness under the surface, and you know I I, I know that um, you know football is always going to be a difficult thing to be a manager in. You, you're always going to be choosing eleven starters, and therefore excluding um, maybe you know eleven to twelve other blokes that think they ought to be starting. That that's that's the nature of the game. But I do get a sense that there's there's a there are levels of unhappiness, and Zian is is an interesting name that you just mentioned there because he doesn't look the same player. He doesn't. He was anonymous at at, um, at Birmingham. He's been anonymous really some time, one way and the other. Now, you know, I, I, he's a young man, and maybe you know, it's not for me to advise him, but this is not the best advertisement for him as a potential fifteen to you know twelve to fifteen million pound player that wants to play in the Premier League because. It seems like that's 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 bugging him at the moment. Um, but I, if I was a Premier League side at the moment, Michael, with ten to fifteen million pounds to play around with to sign an influential midfielder, would I be looking at Zian Fleming? I don't think I would do. Would you? No. And this and I, I sort of said it half tongue in cheek the other day to someone where you know at the start of the season everyone's going, oh, it's insulting eight million. Oh, I said, it's disgusting, 8 million. It should be mm. 10, 15 million. And like I said before, I remember someone rung into your show and said, oh, it should be 30 million. 30? I, I wouldn't mind what he's <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't mind what he's smoking. But, but I, I, I get, I'm only joking if you listen. But, but I get, I get, I get the point. You know, he was doing well. He was doing okay. I, I'm in the Matt Webb cat, category slightly where he sort of uh, bubbled away towards the end of the season um, last year. But he, He's clearly not been the same player. Well, and like we said, with the 15, 20 million, there's a little bit of me that was thinking, why don't we get on the phone back to Burnley and go, is that 8 million still available? <laughs> I would because, say if I was uh, Burnley's financial directors, I'd say no to that because the, the reaction yeah. the reaction of the boy, because he's clearly his head's dropped, you know, he was strolling around um, at, at Brum. And the fact that Kevin Nisbet took a really good free kick, got it in for 1 0, that. That was a bit like Shirley Bassey having someone else come in and seeing I am what I am, doing a, a big number. You know, that's her point has been lost suddenly. Achtung, Mailball. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, and, and you say that. That's, that's literally what I was thinking about as well. I would be concerned. I mean, they probably won't give it to us what I think, but I'd be if I was the likes of Sean Hutchinson, Jake Cooper, Murray Wallace, more central defensive players who, especially more in this case of Jake Cooper where he's a bit younger, I'd be more concerned the fact that basically a crock job centre midfielder who can't play more than five, six games a season has come into the back back line and is arguably the best defensive we've had for ages and will probably be a player of the season if he plays like this. Yeah. And when I say crop job, I don't mean that in a disrespect. No, no, no. But but you you've you've got a player who's notoriously injured for long periods of the season and he has made defending look a damn sight easier than you have over the last few years. Yeah. And same as same as McNamara I'd be a bit concerned that this young kid who's on loan has just come in and completely taken my place. And the the the, 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 the difference between Brooke Norton Cuffey and Danny McNamara is is, is a different level. I mean, the, the boy is coming from Arsenal. I think he was loaned out to Coventry last season, but you can see the quality yeah, yeah. there, Mike. You can just see it. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the level. That's I think it's it's a hard profession football, isn't it? Because you. Any delusions you might have are quite quickly shown up come three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon about your quality because when you do see it, it stands out, you know. Um, and when it's not there, unfortunately, it's it's there for all the uh, the twenty thousand people in the stadium to see. Um, yeah, Danny Mac, um, there's the level, you know. That's what you've got to. That's what you've got to. That's what you got to do each week. I, I think. Do you know what? I think he got a lot. He got a lot of stick. Not not. Uh, this is another point I'm talking about. He got a lot of stick years and years ago. But this is where you sort of need that sort of Alan Dunn mentality in the sense that I'm not sure if you've read his book. Basically, every season he was told, you know, someone's coming in to take your place. And then halfway through the season, he got the place back. Yeah. You know, like like whether you like Alan Dunn or not, he he, he was always he always ended up back in the side. Murray Wallace know, is like that. That's, that's a Murray, Murray Wallace is, is exactly the same. Yeah. But so this so this is where we need McNamara because we know he's got the potential, we know he's got the ability. But this is now we need him to think, crikey, this kid's coming on loan. He's Nick Mars spot. I'm going to make this. I, I hope to make this an unenjoyable loan window for him. But that, that we, we, we've we've dwelled on a few negatives. Let, let's go some positives. I mean, Savile's actually looked pretty good. Yep. Um, you know, he openly said that last season, the season before, didn't he? That the role he plays at the club isn't the one that he thought he was being signed for. Mitchell's looked good in the midfield with him. Casper yep. um, Denor's been a great signing as well. Nisbet, again, we've we've touched on. He, he's had some good moments, and I, I think I think there are good things to take at the moment. We just need to to build on it and stop dwelling on on as, as a fan base on sort of Gary Rowett's speech marks bad tactics. Yes, we know he likes five at the back. When we went three four three the other week against Stoke, it was a lot better. You know, when we go four at the back, it is a lot better. But get behind the team, you know. Like, be critical. We've been critical. We've held our hands up and go, look, he's not good enough. They're not good enough. But also, shoe on the other foot, 
you know, we all pay season ticket money. We don't pay 450, 500 quid or whatever it is to sort of slag people off every five minutes, do we? No, no, no. And I, I you know, I, I take that point. Um, you know, the, the, the term is supporter, and that does that does imply that the word support is in, in, in amongst that. Um, I do also think that you're entitled to, to voice your opinions. Um, I think we've potentially got a good side there. I, th- I think I think we potentially have an upper table side there. How, how close to the playoffs, I, I don't know at the moment. We we have a good goal scoring, Kevin Nisbet. I really like the look of him. I, I, I like a, an instinctive, hungry striker, and that's what I see in Kevin Nisbet. We do need to provide him with a service. Um, we've also got some potentially good players. I mean, Joe Bryan, we've, we've only seen in bits and pieces. Um, you've mentioned Ryan Leonard. Um, you know, long may he stay fit. Because I think he also does provide something of the leadership that I think John was was, was mentioning the other day. Um, one or two others, no, there, there is there are question marks. I mean, Zian needs to have a good look in the mirror. Um, I think and decide what he wants to be. Because at the moment, I'm not sure that uh, there'll be many clubs coming calling that at the level that he thinks maybe he should be playing at. I mean, somebody I have a problem that I'm I'm dragging us back to the dark side here, Michael. Is that old father time creeps up on us all? And I think it's creeping up on yeah. some of our defenders. I mean, Sean Hutchinson. I'm just looking at his out for the Leeds game. Just reading through Richard Corley's stuff on the uh, London News online. Um, I was pleased just to take it back to a positive note with the um, debut of Wes Harding on his his proper debut, if you like. I thought he came in and played quite well up there at Birmingham. So it's not quite the disaster that you think it might be. Um, hopefully, Hutch will be back soon. But um, injuries do start to play a part, don't they? Yeah, and to be fair to Wes Harding, I remember when they signed him, he, he, there was a few question marks around him. I think even even Fizzy said as well, didn't he? There was a few question marks around whether this is the sort of calibre of player we want to sign. Mm. But but it, it, it happens sometimes in the night, in not... Not to sound too stupid, and I mean he's only play, he only played about two minutes the other day against Stoke, and he came on as a sub for, for Hutchinson. But sometimes those players who are defenders, when, when teams just survive um, the drop, especially when you're a team the size of Rotherham or and you know you yo-yo up and down, sometimes those defenders are the best ones to get because they're the busiest defenders in the league, and they've managed yeah. to keep they've managed to keep teams up. You know, it, it's like without going too too the other way. I remember when Victor Valdez signed for like Man United and everyone's going, oh, what a signing he is. And I was like, well, I could be a good goalkeeper if I'm playing behind the Barcelona back line. <laughs> and, and, and Valdez showed his quality. But if you've, got a, if you've got a defender like Wes Harding, who for the last couple of years at Rotherham has been a damn sight probably busier than our back line, and he's kept that team up. It's always worth a punt. So, so fair play to him. Fair play to him for coming on and doing OK. I think you were saying there about age ca- catching up on people. This is... Um, this is another thing with Millwall where sort of the sentiments sinks in a little bit too much. We keep older players longer than we should have done and we, we didn't get the right defenders in the window. But um, without trying to be too disrespectful, again, it, it, you know, George Evans has gone. He was always that sort of Deadwood floating around type of player who had who everyone finally said, oh, he had a good game against the League <laughs> 1 under-21 team. Um, and Vogelsama, who... Statistically, there's a few people who listen to the show who's been saying to me about how good he was statistically. But I mean, Sam Allardyce has got 100% England managerial record, <laughs> isn't he? Um, yeah, I think he's, he's. See you later, see you later, Voggy. 
Uh, was it John Lennon said, everyone loves you when, you, when you're gone? Well, I think he said when you're dead, but that's probably a bit dramatic for two players that have moved on to other things. But um, everyone loves you when you've gone to Wrexham, perhaps might be a better better track. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I mean, well, I, 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 just going back to Wes Harding, I was impressed with him at Birmingham, listeners. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb now, Michael. I think he, he's a Millwall-type player. Um, he reminded me a lot of... Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Murray Wallace in the sense of willing to give everything. Um, he looked like he had a few leadership kind of calls going on out there, which is something we're crying out for at the moment. Um, so I was, I was pleased with him. I, I wouldn't be, you know, I'd be quite happy to see him start against Leeds alongside Jake and uh, and Ryan Leonard, um, which I imagine will be the back three against Leeds. Um, we'll see on Joe Bryan. Hopefully he'll be fit and ready to go against Leeds, which is Sunday, Sunday week. Um, just flicking through the London News Online stories, here's a story here about Chinna Coley doing well at Bromley. Um, I had, I would I, w- I was quite struck by Chin when I saw him in the uh, the Under Twenty One Cup final back in May. He, he looked a little yeah. bit lost in pre season. I think it was it was a bit of a step up, but sounds like he's doing well at Bromley, the, the Millwall kind of um, proving ground there, Michael, isn't it? Down at Hayes Lane. Yeah, and and I think you I think you'll do well there because you you'll have Byron Webster and um, yeah. and Alan um, Dunn who, who know what it's all about, don't they? Yeah. Bromley as well. I know I know they're I know they're kind of more sort of south, if you will. But um, there's there's strong links with Millwall as a whole. A lot of fan Millwall fans go down to watch Bromley yeah. as well, don't they? So you, you'll have you, you'll have, you'll have your unofficial reporters who reckon they know better than everyone else, um, <laughs> saying how good he is and all that kind of thing. But I, do you know one thing I do hope, though, Nick? I mean, when we saw that under twenty one team playing that final, you know, they were superb. Weren't they, they? Were. they were really really Looked good. good. Yeah. They, they played some good football. They played some good stuff. The only thing I'm hoping is is that normally. When Millwall, when Millwall youngsters sort of have, again, this is where the sentiment, unfortunately, I think creeps in a little bit. When Millwall, when Millwall youngsters come through and they play like their pre-season against Canvey Island or they'll play against Concord Rangers or someone, yeah. you know, you'll always have someone go, oh, they're really, really good. Oh, they're amazing. They're brilliant. And then six weeks later, they get released or at the end of the season, they get released. And you sort of think, well, that seems obviously like a little bit of a rush thing. Maybe give these ones a little bit of time because they, that entire squad. I'm not saying sign all of them. I'm not going that far. But there were certain players there who had that little bit of spark, who who, who knew what to do with the ball and and knew and were, and not even knew what to do with the ball, but they were trying things you don't see from first team football. Yeah. Um. And if you could just if you could just keep some of those around for that little bit longer. I know football's a results based business, and especially the higher up you go, but you're not going to get anywhere if you just keep releasing your youth players. No. So. No, one hundred percent. Keep loaning them out. One hundred percent. Keep loaning them out. Keep an eye on them, and then see how we get on. Alex Mitchell, of course, he wasn't involved in that game, but Alex Mitchell was on loan at Lincoln at the moment. I don't know. This was asked. At, um, I was talking to some of the chaps at uh, at, at Birmingham, um, asking about Alex Mitchell. Whether there's a recall clause if we should need it. I, I don't know. Um, or Chin actually at um, at uh, Bromley. I don't know if there's a. Uh, Re- there normally is, there isn't there, in case we get into a dire straits, you know, injury-wise. So I'd, I'd hope there is. Yeah, but even then, though, you you say that, and I know you're saying there normally is, but how far, how many players would we have to be out for them to be recalled? Well, you'd only recall them if they were looking like they're going to be permanent fixtures in a side that, because uh, otherwise you're, you're denying them. A, they're gone. Alex has gone to Lincoln for first team football, so a chin to get regular first team football. Yeah. 
at this level. And if you're not mm-hmm. by pulling them back, you might only need them for one or two games, and you've denied them that for the rest of the season. So I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, there probably is, but as you say, at what point do you, you know, does that become a thing? Don't know. Um, Mill versus Leeds, nearly a sellout. That's a pretty good, pretty good crowd for a Sunday morning fixture, Michael. I mean, it's on the TV as well, but apparently we're nearing a sellout in the, in the, um, the Sunday game after the international break. Amazing. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, and I mean, Mill Leeds always sells out. Again, again, why the fact they've moved that game? I mean, if they say it's because of TV, fair enough. But if they say it's because of like security reasons, again, for me, that'll always be, that'll always be poor because... Mill Leeds always was always Saturdays at three o'clock or sort of midweeks when it was away, wasn't it? I think you're seeing um, a lot of that. With the, the Birmingham game kicked off early for no apparent reason. I think there was the catch-all security. I think it wasn't on telly, and I think that's well, at some it, level the Leeds yeah. game then show it on telly and called it security again. I suppose. Well, this is the, this is where I'm crossing my fingers and praying to the uh, football gods because my my little side of our coach, our first league game of the season is next Sunday, right? Um, so if we're at home, I'm going to ask for like a six o'clock in the morning kickoff, um, so that so that I've got time to, to get, get to there. the den. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But no, no, it'll be a good game. Mill, I mean, I know we poke fun at Leeds, and Leeds don't particularly like Millwall. As much as they say that we're too small for them, they they love it as much as we do. Let's 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 not mess about. But they're always good days days out, aren't they? They're, they're always a good laugh. Always, always played in the right spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always enjoy a Leeds game. It's pantomime, isn't it? And that's fundamentally, yeah, fundamentally, listeners. That's why we go to the den. It's it's a pre-Christmas pantomime all the time. There, it's uh, constant. Um, two players we did get a quick view of briefly up at Birmingham was uh, Luton Town midfielder on loan, Loney Alan Campbell, who's got a stunning resemblance mm. to Yuri Skalak. Um, Michael, he's good. I think you never see him in the same room at the same time. And um, loan deal for Ryan Longman, I, I, I thought looked pretty good up there. Um, uh, both both stories in the uh, London News Online. So um, I'm fingers crossed that we, we see some more of those. Two. I think Campbell looked a little bit unfit, um, in all honesty, but I'm hoping mm-hmm. that he'll, he'll, he'll can give some, contend and, uh, some competition as Ian Fleming's place because I think Zian does need a bit of competition like other players do to G them up a little bit. Yeah, and the thing and the thing is as well, he was um he was down in he, he was at Luton obviously, he was, you know, got promoted with them and he's he wants to sort of half be playing first in football and show show to them, you know, what they're missing out on or or at least try and have a spell with us to try and get back in their first team, if you will, you know, with recalls and things like that. So yeah. Yeah, no, let's hope he does well. Look, look, there again for for the criticism Rowett gets for he's not signing players in particular positions or not playing right systems. He's 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 signing players. Yeah, the, the, the one downside is I'm I'm not a huge 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 fan of loan deals because again, like we've had with Creswell, like we had with Ballard, you know, yeah. with decent players, we have to send them back. Yeah, and not ours. That's right. It's like falling in love yeah, with your so. with your with your holiday girlfriend, listeners. You know, you got to go home absolutely after absolutely. two weeks, and then and then you get on and then you get on different planes going home. <laughs> um, she goes back up to Manchester. Right. You come home to London. You never see each other again. We've all been there. We've all been there a long while ago. In my case, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but it's uh, but no, they're signings that that you know that the fans moan. We want signings. We want signings. Well, there you go. Here's a couple, and they've all got a bit of pedigree. I don't think 
this hasn't been one of those windows where you sort of like fall down and faint. It's been so amazing, but you know, no. they're, they're players who who have caliber, who have quality. And just to mention, I think we mentioned it in the previous show, but um, shout out to James Berylson continuing the backing. I mean, the, the fact that we're making signings, not all of this costs money. None of this comes to nothing. And um, the backing of the Berylson family underpins the club and um, where would we be without it? So um, big shout out to James or Jimmy. I think he called Jimmy, but I, I, I can't call him Jimmy till I've been introduced to him as Jimmy. It just doesn't do listeners. Mm. Um, just looking through the Southwark news, news at Den. You can very much tell it's international break weekend, Michael, because the storylines get... Um, ever flimsier here. Steve Morrison's being interviewed on, on his life as Hornchurch's boss. This is the lead story on the news at Den. Um, I must admit that was a strange move. Um, quite a brave move in a way by Morrow because he's gone from Cardiff, the championship level club, to Ishmian League football, which is, you know, to learn learn the business, I suppose. I mean, you start at the bottom, don't you? From learning to be a corner shop manager before you hopefully become chairman of Tesco's or something. An interesting move. Yeah, from 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 what I've heard as well, um, with with Hornchurch, you know, they've um, they've they've always been quite a name in the non-league game, as, yeah. as we all know. You know, you you do get you do get certain teams who, I mean, don't get me wrong, where I'm where I'm with Irith at the moment, you know, you see here some teams like I don't even don't even know who they are, you know, kind of thing, or yeah. you know, you oh, we might get some in the cup kind of thing, but I mean, Hornchurch are are well known. Um, and from what I've heard, they've got serious ambition this season. Like they really, really have. Like they want, they want to, they want to. Money seems to come in, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and and as and as much as as much as people say about Morrison and all that kind of thing and learn his trade, it's a bit of a coup as well for them getting getting someone like him involved. I mean, I'm looking at the table now. They're they're fifth. Um, played five. Um, they've they've won two, drew one from their first games, and then. Well, uh, well, actually, they're they're just looking at it now across the board. They've won three, drew two, so it's not a disastrous start, no, really. No. Um, and they're behind the sort of uh, the Chatham who have, who have got who have had successive promotions from um, Skeffel and you know Billericay. Who I know we had the Jamie O'Hara thing, didn't we, when he was there? You know, yeah. they're they're looking at going back up to to Conference South. Um, Carl Shorten are there as well. It, no, it would be good for him this year. I mean, we're not going to start jumping the chance going about non-league football. You know, I, I do enough of that on my other show uh, that Nick helps me with. But um, yeah, it's a good move for Morrison. Again, <laughs> again, talk about middle sentiment. It makes me chuckle slightly when you get some people. You know, when he was at Cardiff, oh, he's only keeping it until Rowich ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone to Hornchurch, lads. I, I um, think so. I wonder. Uh, well, I think it's it's it's. A, I wonder how long you'll be moving around. It's a tough thing to recognise where you need to improve, and I think you know it's, it'd be easy to become deluded after managing from out of nowhere, pretty much in Steve Morrison's case uh, at Cardiff's level. Um, but clearly, you know, if you're honest with yourself, you know you've got to improve and you've got to learn learn the business. I suppose is one way to put it. Man management and all the rest of it. So he's gone to Hornchurch. To learn it, I did say I, I caught up with Harry yesterday. Listen, I went to the cricket with Harry, so they say we're going to get down to Hornchurch at some stage, maybe another international break, just to see what Steve Morrison managing Hornchurch looks like. So we might get over to, um, I think they call the, the the bridge. I think is their ground, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Um, otherwise, it's largely filler stories on on the news at Denmark. But one thing, another filler story that did catch our eye was the. Um, 
the official club website put out your favourite Millwall kit in the last 30 years. This is a tweet, wasn't it, uh, to choose your favourite kit, in the, I suppose, since, yeah. since the uh, move to the new den. Yeah, it's always, it's always a good idea of advertising the old kit while people are waiting for the new one. <laughs> it would be nice to get the new one, wouldn't it? I think there's still issues out there. Um, but yeah, this is... When, when in doubt, fall back on nostalgia. That's always been my watchword, and I think it's becoming the club's watchword yeah. at the moment. It's a head-to-head, winner stays mm. on. Um, I don't know if there's a... At the moment, ninety four ninety six, which is the white-sleeved Asics. Uh, yeah, Captain Morgan. absolute classic. classic. The, one, the, one had, the one that had lions written along the side and the, the big collar you could do your Eric Cantona impressions with. That was by far the best kit we've had in, in my lifetime. Yeah, no, I'd agree I with that. That, that. that was a good kit. Also, the training wear that came with it. Oh, I see. They, they've done it as a head-to-head. So, ninety four ninety six is prevailing over the uh, the openings, uh, the pinstripe one, the Captain Morgan pinstripe, the Royal Blue that we wore. Do you know what as well that makes me think sometimes the Millwall admin are taking the piss out of us? And not only have they not got kit in, the one, the first one that went up was this year's kit against the Euro Ferries, a company who had no ferries. <laughs> at least at least that uh, Husky Chocolate does exist. I've, I've, seen, I've seen it, so... Yeah. Europe fairies, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. so yeah, what, what is it? The Mandela, the, the Mandela effect, husky chocolate. We we all think we've seen it, but we haven't. No, but um, yeah, that blue, blue, blue with the white sleeves was nice. I didn't mind the blue pinstripe; that was good as well. Um, the South London I'm Press one. one. I, I like this. There's a late nineties South London Press, slightly darker blue. Yeah, yeah, with the sort of faded like line a, in the background. Yeah, there's like a button-up collar, like a granddad collar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. which I quite yeah, I liked. Um. Trying to think otherwise. I can think of some some of the ones I didn't like. Um, I, I never liked um, the uh, there was there was a playoff kit we wore. We had like a like, like a uh, sponsor Neil, the one that Neil Harris has in the the graffiti Banksy look um, image. There's, there's got some stripes. Oh, the 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 the, 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 the CYC CYC. Thing. I never liked that particularly. Um, mm. I, I don't know why. I just thought it looked a bit ugly. Did we go to Wembley with that one? Was that the the, the scum football yeah. we wore against uh, Scunny? Um, so I was never keen on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one I never really liked was um, I called it David Livermore. When we went to Europe, we had um, like an inside-out kind of looking kit. Um, like, like we wore all blue against Ferenc Varos and it was like a funny kind of shade of blue and funny kind yes, of colour. Yes, 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 yes. The, the, old, the, old, the old Beko kit. The, that's it, Beko. And I think there was like a fashion for having the seams on the outside. Or I don't know. It was a f- yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't pass muster on the uh, on the sewing bee that my missus watches, listeners. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one, 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 in, one in recent years I did like. I mean, the racing post ones with the white, where you look like a sort of child's version of a killer whale where he draws squares with shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what one I did like. Do you remember when we first got promoted back to the uh, championship under Jacket? And that was when we first had the Navy. Yeah. When everyone, including Fizz, was a bit unhappy about how the dark, the blue was. Yeah. That CYC, I like that kit. I thought that was really smart. I quite like the dark blue, um, which I, for me, uh, harks back to the club's origins. Many, many people tell me that that's, you know, it should be royal blue, but. That was a change made in the 1930s. Do you know what? Do you know what one will win it? Um, if if it's been in the poll and I've missed it already, mm. do you know what one? I, I'll have a little. I'll, you're not a betting man. I know. I'll, I'll have a 
I'll have a fifty. Uh, I'll have a fifty p bet with you. Good. I reckon if it's if it's not been in there already, I reckon the um, army camouflage kit will win. Oh, that one. Yeah, the that was for the Headley Court. The, the, the that was a good course. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. Yeah, I, I that liked was a really that. nice. Kit. Yeah. Um, there were some kit. I mean, I I like dark blue and and all. I, I I prefer all white. Actually, I quite like the Giorgio all white kit that we had in the promotion season, um, two thousand and to two thousand and one. Um, that was a good kit. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the moment the club are doing this head to head. So get on there, listeners. Take part in their social media contest, and we'll see what what comes up. Um, I, I, one thing I, do, I would say, I know we've, we've knocked the club shop a few times and it's clearly got its issues at the moment. Um, it would be nice to see more replica kits from the past. I think there is a big market for it. I mean, the, the Toffs is uh, the company. Yeah. A lot. But I think that um, you'd get a lot of sales of it if only um, the, the Mill Club Shop could up its game. It would be if only that, that, that is. But, um, you know, so even some of the replica old training kit, I think some of that looks quite nice sometimes. The... The Essex ones, the, the Mick McCarthy, Captain Morgan, if you could buy that still, I don't know. But mm. I'm sure they'll yeah. be Do you know what one was really good as well? And fan, fans will, will um, oh, I'm going to make this longer to really build it up so like a drum roll. Well, but do you remember when we had Giorgio? We had the white Giorgio home shirt, yep. the blue Giorgio away, and then we had the navy Giorgio with the gold trim, yeah. which was the training top. Yep, yep. That was the best, tra- that was the best training top we've had. For me. And I'll tell you what was a good away kit was the Giorgio yellow. It had like a, a, a um, blue, like a polo shirt. The Goodbye Charlie Bright uh, kit, a poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember. Um, it, had like a, it had like a navy trim. Yeah, that would sell. I'm sure if you could still get that, especially if it's done polo shirt style um, that would sell. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was mm. good. I, I, I like that. So there's been some good ones. Um, one or two howlers, I think. Not, not, not too many howlers, but every football club goes through, especially in the modern era, chopping and changing your kits all the time. Do you know what? And do, do you know why this is quite funny as well? Like we're, we're old, um, aren't we? Do you remember the days in the mid nineties when Millwall's goalkeeper kit was exactly the same as Blackburn's and Leeds? Cause it was the same. It was manufacturing. They couldn't be bothered to bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you, so you'd watch, you'd watch, you'd walk in the run front room quickly and you'd see Tim Flowers taking a goal kick and you'd be like, oh, I didn't have yours on telly. No, we're not. We had one with yeah. a gold, dark blue with a gold trim a couple of years ago now. It was, it was like, I can't remember which season it was. Um, Mason Bennett wore it, uh, like a, like a dark blue shirt with a gold trim rather than the white trim. That was, yeah, yeah. I quite yeah. like that. That was quite nice. Mm. That was our first season back from COVID. Was that the season? Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah, it must mm. have been. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, nice kit. There we are. I mean, I, I think we've exhausted the um, the online storylines that I've got here, Michael. Um, what are you doing this weekend? You, you doing any non-league football this weekend? I might do. I might. I'm, I'm, I might need uh, Eriff Town. I've got Snodland Town away. Um, should be a big game. Eriff mm. uh, are doing really, really well in the league at the moment. I mean, it's it's early doors. There's not been too many games at the moment, and the thing is with non-league football. Any, any level of non-league, you know, you just have someone with a decent investment or decent youngsters coming through, they'll do well. Yeah. But Erif have had a good start. They've recruited really, really well. Good togetherness at the club. Um, the only game they've lost in the league so far is against Whitstable, who a lot of people fancied for, for the league with Faversham. So, as I said the other day on the show, I'm not sure if anyone listened to it. 
you know, if your only defeat so far is against one of the teams who people are predicting to go up as as, as automatically as champions, you're not doing a lot wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, they're there, thereabouts. The football's good. And Snodland are a team who come up from Skeffel Division 1 last year. So, there'll be a good, good test for uh, for Adam Woodward's team. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I was amazed to see even League 1, how many League 1 fixtures are postponed this this uh, weekend because the mm. reach of the... Uh, European nations and all the rest of it um, means that you know you are going down to League Two below level before you you can get a substantial card of fixtures. So yeah, I mean as ever, we I think it is non-league day on Saturday, isn't it? I mean they use these opportunities to try and get fans to in, investigate their local side wherever you may live. Give it a go. I've really enjoyed my trips last season, particularly. I haven't really been this season to do the grassroots show. So um, wherever you are from. Thames me to um, you know Tiverton wherever it might be, get yourself to your local club because uh, they need the support and um, buy a beer or something while you're there. Do pay your pay your fee yeah. and buy a beer. I mean, I mean, it goes a long way, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that, that's the thing as well. I mean, it's not always just like like I'm not, I'm not saying jump in your car and do hundred mile round journeys. I'm really not. But you know, like the other week, um, Erif had um, Burgess Hill win. You know the extra, the FA Cup extra preliminary. Mm. So it was a nice sunny afternoon. I was like, do you know what? I'll, I'll go down there. You know, and you think, what a nice little ground this is. Yeah. You know, like like decent decent clubhouse. You know, you've got like the little lottery man at half time. You know, and little like pat like little raffle tickets of. You know, it's like a tombola thing. You pay a pound, you pull out a number, and if if they score in that minute, you win something yeah. and all that kind of thing. And you think. These are really nice little days out, you know. Uh, again, it's not something I'd say, you know, cancel your trip to Disney to go down to Burgess Hill or Hassocks, but you will enjoy yourself. It's, it's, it's you will enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's, it's um, something different, you know. And 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 I'm 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 one of these people where, you know, obviously I've been I've been going to non-league now, not just this season. You know, we did a load. Of, we've done. Well, I, I looked over my list the other other week, Nick. You know, we we we've, we've been quite to, a few. Well, well in the double fig- figures now between between us. Of, I think of, of he was the furthest fans. flung point that I've been to doing this doing this show. So that's about yeah, but it's just it's something a bit it's something a bit different. Yeah. It's something a bit different. These places have got a bit of character to them, and you know you you meet some interesting people. There we are. That's nice stuff, Michael. Well, I hope listeners you've enjoyed our well roundup of of Milner's. It's difficult on an international weekend. Obviously, there's not a huge amount to report back on. Um, we've, we've done our best to try and bring you something this weekend. Um, also, a big thank you to Michael taking time out of his, his lunch hour to join me on the show. Thank you, Michael. No, no problem at all. No problem at all. Thank you for having me on, as always, Nick. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for listening to me probably disagreeing um, with quite a lot. <laughs> and thank you, yeah, dear listeners, for tuning in. We will be back after the Leeds game, which is uh, Sunday week. Um, can't see me doing much next week on the on the Akdung front. So until the next edition after, on Sunday the seventeenth, from Michael and myself, it's Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. You're listening to Akdung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. The answer to the initial question at the start of today's show was. Maxwell, Maxwell played alongside Zlatan at those uh, clubs, Paris, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Ajax. Maxwell, did he have anything to do with a coffee and a house? Don't know about that. There we are. Thank you for listening. Arrivederci, Millwall. Bye for now.